In space, no one can hear you scream. The tagline from Ridley Scott's Alien 1979, unfortunately on Earth, is totally different. Screaming is very much the norm. Welcome to Tales from the Unvestimous Unfiltered, Unselfish, Unapologetic, Unpretentious, the greatest celebration of freedom of speech in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Tell him, Jay. Folks, that's right. It's that time again. Time for another wonderful episode of Tales from the Abyss. I am Jay Linderman, along with my good friend, and with me as always, my co-host, Mr. Pavel Rojo. Folks, tonight we got something good, man. We, we, we're going to be talking about something that's actually still relevant to this day, but we have to go all the way back to the year of my birth, 1979, and yes, I just did give away my age. However... Uh. <laughs> This, what we're talking about is a surefire classic, and with that, I want to pass it over to you, my friend. Why don't you tell the folks what the, we're talking about? We're talking about Rit, Ridley, Ridley Scott's uh, Alien, 1979, and that's that's the crazy thing about this, Jay, that, that we were not we were not even able to see in this movie. We were just babies, and uh, Wow, that thing, I mean, nothing has ever been able, no sci-fi horror movie has ever been able to touch this. Even on sci-fi alone, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to top this thing. Because yeah. we, we got to watch it when we were already teenagers, basically. Yeah, the first time I ever saw it, I think was, uh, I think it was HBO back in the day. Might have been, that, like that. that might have been how I came uh, uh, across it at, uh. HBO, Cinemax, or one of those, uh, Showtime, one of those uh, uh, channels. Uh, because, mm-hmm. I, mean, we, I mean, the thing had already been out for, wow, since since, since uh, Halloween and all the movies came out. Oh, I know. Well, Halloween came out in 78. 78, yeah. Alien the next year. Um, I did eventually own it on VHS, of course. Uh, you know. Alien? And, but, you, but the thing is, to me, on VHS, though, I had... Well, first of all, you know, the movie was made by 20th Century Fox, which is no longer exists. <laughs> yeah, but, that's um, right. May of 25th. With, they were test running widescreen VHS movies. You know, they came in a big gold box. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had that with Alien forever. Yeah. And then I eventually got the Alien Quadrilogy, which is just outstanding. I, I don't know if I own that one, but I do own a box set around here of all all four movies, four of them. Yeah, I've got the Alien Quadrilogy comes with documentaries about the you know the, the four Alien movies and yeah. uh, great documentaries at that, and they have director's cuts of each film. It's it's pretty solid, man. But I recommend at, it. Look at this thing. We're talking about a budget of eleven million dollars for this movie. So this was no walk in the park, even by the standards back in those days in nineteen seventy nine. Well, shit. 20th Century Fox had the money. They're coming off of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they had the money, but, I mean, it's still, they took a, it's a, it's a, wow, it's not a joke. I mean, $11 million back then, and they brought in $106.3 million. So they got their money's worth for this thing. And it made a complete superstar out of Sigourney Weaver. And never in the entire movie did they shove her down your throat that this is just a female. That, you know, there wasn't no one-liners that I'm just a woman fighting the thing or none of that uh, stuff that they do today. And yet oh. we, we look at her yeah. with, with admiration that she's a, a hero. Mm-hmm. Never look at her over, you know, like being more heroic than, than Han Solo or any other men that are icons of sci-fi. She's right up there with all of them. 
Well, I mean, she's basically a pilot. She doesn't I mean she has a rank, but she's not the highest ranking person on that ship. No, no, she was. And, and when this thing came out, she wasn't even like the big star of it all. That was one of her first roles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This I mean, was she, uh, you know, Veronica became, Cartwright. That was she, is still, she is still synonymous with the Ripley character. Yeah. I mean, how many she did? Like five of them? She did four. Four and Ghostbusters. So she's, I mean, Sigourney Weaver is for uh, for sci-fi movies what, what uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is to the American Slasher. Absolutely, yeah. That's a good. Way. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, um, but Veronica Cartwright was a British, a British-born American actress, and uh, man, she was the one that uh, she was the one who was the big uh, star coming into this. Yeah, I remember. I mean, she's been in some other stuff too after yeah. Alien, but yeah, yeah the Children's um, Hour, her, the Birds. Her, her she was in the Birds. Was easily, the, I think, the most popular thing she's been in. Yeah, the Birds is the most popular thing. The birds, yeah, because you know the birds is Alfred Hitchcock, and that thing is. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that it's better than Aliens or worse than Alien, but it's right up there with anything that is classic. This kind of genre. Oh yeah, the birds is always looked upon as a, as a great movie. But so this thing, Jay, and they don't give us much other than they 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 have to go and check a distress signal, and throughout the entire movie, none of these guys. They're like merchant marines, and none of them act like like most sci-fi movies with kind of weird talk or nothing like that. They were just acting like regular Joes. Oh, yeah, blue-collar guys. You know? <laughs> yeah, blue-collar, hard-working guys, and they heard a distress signal into a spaceship, and they find these eggs, and one of them happens to uh, take over this guy who, Harry Dean Stanton. Yep. Who did a great job on this? Because he was—I uh, mean, he really had you believing that. Uh, and he's been on a lot of great shit. I mean, Cool Hand Luke, Kelly's Heroes, Dillinger, The Godfather Part Two, Aliens. Uh, he was also in Christine. He was. Yeah. Uh, uh, Red Dawn, the original Red Dawn. The or- <laughs> yeah, that was a good Harry. One. Dean, hey, look at this. Like Harry Dean Stanton was to the early 80s as Sam Jackson was in the 90s. I mean, he was in everything. <laughs> he was in everything. He was in Pretty in Pink. He was in I didn't know he was in that, but yeah. yeah, okay. Escape from New York. Oh, yeah, another another God-given classic. The Green Mile, Alpha Dog, Inland Empire. Yeah, that's a hell of a resume. And then he used to show up on a... on a He had a guest appearance on the second season of Two and a Half Men, which that was a great show back in the day. That show was great for like the first four or five seasons. I mean, I kind of lost track of it after that. But the first, those first seasons are comedy gold. Yeah, once uh, what's his name uh, what's what's his name went to drink tiger blood or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he was winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once he went crazy, drinking that, tiger blood. <laughs> that was when uh, when we lost track. But yeah, that that man uh. Man, has he? He's uh, Harry Dean Stanton. I wonder if he's still alive. He gotta be. I mean, let's I, uh, you know, no, I don't he died because I don't want to jinx anything. No, no, I no. don't think he is. He died at at uh, at ninety one. Oh uh, wow, ninety one yeah. good years. Yeah, September fifteenth, two thousand and seventeen. I just check it out because during the the the. The tenure of this show, I think on a few occasions I have basically <laughs> killed a few people that are still alive. 
the PBR, the PBR of bourbon episodes, which are long gone. But at one point, yes, I think I I came and apologized a few uh, months back. Right. Saying that I'm going to take this thing a little bit more seriously. And uh, I believe it was an actor from Predator that I uh, I killed somebody else. But, uh, <laughs> hey, speaking of crazy stuff, did you actually got to see the uh, a release? They released the photos today on the Tales from the Abyss Facebook page of uh, Nicolas Cage walking through New Orleans with the Renfield outfit on. I did. He's going to be Dracula in a new movie. Yeah, I don't know how Dracula's walking in the daylight or what kind of a twilight shit they're coming up, but Nicolas Cage, don't shit on Nicolas Cage can do whatever the hell he wants to do. Yeah, with those, with those, with, with Mandy and, uh, what's the name of the other one? The, the, the Color of Space, and then there's the one that I like, the one with the Muppets. Willy Wonderland. Willy yeah. Wonderland. I forgot the name, but I can't forget that movie. Willy Wonderland and Pig. Oh, we forget, we're forgetting Pig. Yeah, I mean, this is like four, man. Four and which, movies. folks, if you want to know more about those movies, you can look back in our episode catalog and uh, see an episode that we did on Pig and Willy Wonderland. Willy Wonderland, please and thank you. So, Jay, I, also another thing that I wanted to talk about this movie is how passionate the people were in the computer. I never saw a game of this. I think they have them for the for the place for the 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 regular platforms that you can play over the TV. I don't know what to call them. PlayStation and Xbox is what do you call them? Right. Okay, so but I knew people that played the Aliens game on a computer when it first came out and they were passionate about it. Uh, I never played it on the computer, but I did have the Alien trilogy game on pl- the on PS1, on PS1? first PlayStation. Was it? It was a dark and it was the one of the computer. It was real scary, man. Well, I've been looking. You know, they got a newer one that just came out. I think it was like this past September or October called Alien Fire Team. Uh huh. And I've been looking into it. It looks pretty cool, and it's got some good, uh, some good graphics and good reviews. So I may try to get a demo of that and try it out. And another thing that we needed to bring up was, of course, the. The Alien was designed by Swiss artist H.R. How do you pronounce that name? H.R. Giger. 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 It's German. No, it's Swiss. G-I-G-E-R. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I can spell. You, yeah, you better. You better, better, better be able to spell because I sure the hell ain't going to be able to do it. Um, <laughs> no, I can do it with a thing in front of me. Uh so, okay, that's so, why we have Google and Siri, you know? Hey. <laughs> and um, the alien was played by a Nigerian actor that never gets enough credit. Okay, I didn't know that. Go ahead. Yeah, that's one thing that uh, that I never, I always notice, you know, since these people are so, uh, they create so much mayhem about uh, about who played the alien and who, you know, it's like they never talk about him. They, 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 um, They uh, they bring it up, but they never actually. He passed away from sickle cell. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, years ago, and uh, man, he he landed on that role by accident, and you know the 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 rest is history. But what a what a badass role to play! Imagine that was like if Club and then would have played the. Uh, Predator. The Predator, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, man. It was, it was like, 
it's just it's just crazy how you can be an actor and just end up playing a end up playing a role that can change your life. Oh, I know, I know, and I mean, the one of the best thing about the alien in these movies. I mean, you you have to give Giger credit where credits due because the design is awesome. The design of the alien's great. You know, you got the tongue or whatever you want to call it that spits it out of the mouth. I mean, it has acid for blood. It's got a big ass head. <laughs> you know, so that look of the alien itself is outstanding and plus back then though they had people like the actor you just mentioned um acting the part in alien suits you know made of uh styrofoam or whatever it was they used and then they also added in as far as effects a great puppet work to make the alien move around like it did yeah absolutely so i got the info on this guy because i had written him down because i wanted to bring it up since they never give him credit and i don't like that Okay. Because we're decent people here in this show, but his name was Bolaji Badejo. And okay. uh, he cool. was born in 1953 in Lagos, He was a uh, He was basically a uh, visual artist, and they saw him in a pub. He was born in Lagos, but they saw him, they discovered him in a, in a Soho pub by a member of, of Ripley Scott's uh, casting team. And he was a uh, 6'10". He never, he never, uh, they liked the fact that he had very long legs. You know, he was tall and lanky. Right. And, and he never returned for any of the other movies because he basically, he was, uh, maybe he was just a real artist. He um, he went back to Nigeria and opened an art gallery in 1983. And unfortunately, he died at the age of 39 from sickle cell anemia. Oh, wow. So he he was only in this first Alien movie. Just in the first Alien movie, but, you know, what a what a star. Hey, I mean, like I said before, credit where credit's due, man. You, that, that guy brought to life what has become an iconic cinematic creature. Yeah, because, I mean, in sci-fi, like... <laughs> Like you would have to go the the you know I, I've always talked about my sci-fi collection in here that I own of black and white sci-fi. Okay. And you have like weird like something that would be scary would be a lobster. You know, lobsters were not very uh, even affordable back then, or they were somewhat of a rare. You know, people were not everybody was eating lobster in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of lobsters on the. Uh, on the sci-fi movies, but we had never seen something as nasty looking as, uh, as slimy, slimy, an egg that can take over your face and basically begin to, to, to grow something inside of you. Oh yeah, man. The face hugger. That's how they start out. That thing pops out and plants an egg down your throat and it <laughs> grows and grows and then pops out of you, man. You know, they, they talk about that facehugger scene in the movie uh, as one of the greatest, you know, one of the greatest kind of horror scenes ever. Yeah. And Jay, this is this is the uh, let me tell you what what I got in here right now. You know, okay. and won an Academy Award for best visual effects. And God, golly, man, you can watch this movie even today. And it, it's an award winning movie, you know, like like seriously, nobody has ever been able to top them. No. I mean, Ridley Scott, I think this was his first or second feature 
Um, but man, he did a hell of a job. And based on this movie, he carved out a hell of a career for himself. Yeah. The rest of the things that they won, they won this uh, Saturn Award. Three of them. Oh, yeah, that's very popular. That's got to do with sci-fi. And with sci-fi, and yeah. It's like the top award that they give you in sci-fi. And they've got Best right. Science Fiction Film, Best Director, and Best Supporting Actress for Carwright. Wow. Rightfully so. My goodness gracious. Rip- now, however, my favorite character, other than Ripley, of course, mm-hmm. Ripley's one of your weavers is great in that part. But my favorite character was Dallas, who was actually the, uh, yeah. the one in charge, uh, played by Tom Skerritt, who's been in a ton of stuff. Like what? Oh, Tom Skerritt's been, let's see, Top Gun. Um, he was the older instructor in Top Gun. Yeah. He was uh, in a show called Picket Fences back in the 90s, I believe. Um, good Lord, he was in the Bruce Willis action movie Tears of the Sun as a as a commander. As a commander. He was damn good on that. Oh, yeah. Tears of the Sun is heavily underrated. Yeah, Tears of the Sun is underrated. Yeah, it's a great movie, man. It's got it's a it's a movie with a lot of heart and, and it's kind of deep too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, Tom Skerritt's been in a ton of stuff. Um, but I liked his character of Dallas. I mean, because I mean, he dies kind of midway through the movie, and uh, and it's one of those, especially when I was a kid, you just never saw coming. No, you never. I mean, Jay, till this day, if I stop watching Aliens, and I know this is going to be weird, but till this day, till this day, I watch Aliens. I don't watch it as much as I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know if you said that you watch it once a year. I don't. This one I don't watch once a year. I watch it like well, every, you know, every few years. When we decided to do this show um, about Alien, I went back last night. I didn't watch Alien the first one just because I've. I mean, I've seen it. A hundred million times, <laughs> but I I went and watched um, Aliens, the second movie directed by Cameron, mm-hmm. and I watched the director's cut of it, and it was incredible. Um, so today, when I had time, um, it's supposed to be working, but when I had time, <laughs> <laughs> I watched the uh, director's cut of Alien, uh-huh. and it was really good. So. Um, there, there's some stuff in there in both movies, director's cuts, which you can find on the Alien Quadrilogy set, by the way. Oh. Um, and with its outstanding special features, that includes like a two two hour documentary on each movie. But um, yeah, man, it was just the director's cut gives you a little bit more, especially in Aliens, that gives you a backstory about how Ripley was a mother. A mother of uh, of the creature. She had a daughter. She had a daughter. In between the first two movies, uh-huh. if you remember, Ripley was floating in space for like fifty seven years. Yeah, yeah. Between the first two movies, it was during that time her daughter passed away. Oh wow! Yeah, and which is why she has a big connection with that little girl Newt from the second movie. From the second movie, yeah, because yeah. because of the yeah no and the face hogger. The face hugger is considered to be one of the, uh, the, it was, no, it's not considered. It's actually the first creature that was assigned for this movie. So we could have had the face hugger as the bad, as the bad alien all along, but it wouldn't have been that terrifying. I mean, if it gets a hold of your face, but it's not as scary as the, uh, as the big creature. 
Oh, no, now the face hugger is just, you know, jumping off point. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that gets the ball rolling. And little did they know what it was going to grow into. Yeah. And that acid for blood of all things. Yeah, acid for blood. And that's, and then at the, the chest buster, we know that that is the scariest of them all. Oh, yeah. Like I said earlier, it's it's one of those things that is talked about to this day. My God. This is, uh, I mean, I don't know, bro. I don't know what to. Now, we can compare this to, and there's nothing out there that we can compare this movie to. Well, I mean, think about it, too. For being 1979, I mean, I know effects from movies had, you know, grown leaps and bounds because of Star Wars. and. It's just amazing to me, you know, they were able to kind of do that with Alien. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure some of the crew that worked on Star Wars got to work on Alien. So, because um, I think by, by that time, you know, Twin Century Fox was on fire because of Star Wars two years before that. And I think they were able to transfer some of those guys. Yeah. And, and- look at the movie. If you watch it today, like, you know, I got to watch it on beautiful Blu-ray and... Um, on 4K or whatever last uh, last night, and it it's uh, it's amazing. It's, it still looks amazing. And you know, talking about the big scheme of things, uh, just Ridley Scott may go down in history as the greatest science fiction director ever. I mean, that's a hard title. I'm not saying that I'm about to hand it over to him, but you know, well, two years later, I mean, think about it too. I mean, Ridley Scott directed one of your favorite movies. Blade, Gladiator, Blade Runner, Black Rain. Yeah, Black Rain. Yeah, sir. Yes, sir. I was, I was underrated. Uh, Michael Douglas, man, you gotta love Douglas with the mullet in Japan. Can't beat it. Yeah, and <laughs> Andy Garcia getting getting his head chop. Oh yeah, Andy Garcia got fucked in that movie. <laughs> yeah, and Masa. Yeah, Masa. That's a great movie. Oh yeah, man. You know who else is in it? Who happened to had we had lost it? I'm thinking 27 years ago yesterday we lost him. Who's that? Uh, Big John Stott is in it when they're in the. Oh, uh, I did not know that. Yeah, okay. when they're when they're in the uh, in the the restaurant in New York and the big uh, shootout stars. Big John Stott is one of the heavy hitters. Just throwing away in there. Raining bullets. Speaking of wrestlers in movies, did you know Ox Baker was in Escape from New York? Yeah, he was a, he was the wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was supposed to. They say that that role was going to go to the late Bruiser Brody, but he had some stuff to do and something like that, and he recommended or they had to go get him, Ox Baker, because Brody passed away. Something like that, it went the story when I read it. I don't know how in the hell I never recognized that before until the other day I was watching... Uh, a behind-the-scenes thing on Escape from New York online on YouTube on one of the channels I watch. And, <laughs> that, um, I love me some Mugs Baker, man. <laughs> That's why I, I started the show. Was, hey, he was a nut, but he was awesome. <laughs> That's why I started the show always with that scream as a, as a tribute to Oaks Baker because uh, he, he got me <laughs> one time so good saying, I'm just a fry old man now. And when I got close enough, he just screamed and raised his voice. I nearly shit on myself. That's the great hilarious. Oaks Baker, man. But, but, but yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Ridley, Ridley Scott. Uh, Ridley, go ahead. Ridley Scott has definitely. Wow, this guy. I mean, it's just crazy. Blade Runner and Alien. It's like, man, it's like it's hard for anybody to argue that he may not be the greatest science fiction director ever. Ridley Scott, like you named off several of his movies a minute ago. Gladiator was. Let's look at it. Was Gladiator. outstanding. I love Gladiator. 
I mean, it, it turned Russell Crowe into a superstar. Yeah, Thelma and Louise, I'm not a fan or nothing like that. Nothing against the movie, but it's wow. This, that movie is one of the most popular movies of the 90s. Oh, yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I like the movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it's really Scott's best or anything. Yeah. I mean, I like it. And it's got great performances, and the movie looks great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, but really, Scott, I mean, what else is he? I mean, he's done what? He also came back to the Alien franchise and did Prometheus and the Alien Covenant. And also, anybody that's ever held an Apple device in their hands has a connection to Ridley Scott as Ridley Scott director of the 1984 Apple uh, Macintosh commercial. And Ridley Scott also directed Blade Runner, did he not? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Two of the, the greatest uh, sci-fi movies ever. And this guy just... Director, I mean, this is wow, and and it must runs in the family because his brother is the late Tony great Scott. Tony Scott, who Tony. I've always felt is the greatest action movie director ever. Yeah, Tony Scott. They, I mean, yeah, it runs in the family, man. Them people are just gifted when it comes to the camera. Yep. Yeah, so, Tom, Tom. and really, Scott also directed. A lot of people forget this: the Tom Cruise fantasy movie Legend. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. And that could be in the running for his worst movie. <laughs> it might be, might be, might be. But uh, yeah, going back to uh, that family, Tony mm -hmm. Scott, unfortunately, he passed away June. Uh, no, he passed away uh, August 19 of 2012 at the age of 68. He must have had some kind of disease because he was mighty young when he died. Yeah, unfortunately, he took his own life. And Oh, that's what he did? Yeah. He oh, jumped off I, the bridge, unfortunately. Sure oh, I did. didn't know. I thought he uh I thought he had maybe died from a disease because of that young. Wow, mental illness, huh? Yeah, man. He he uh left a note and everything. Of course the note and all that stuff has never been released. You know? Yeah, they're they're not gonna do it. That's probably yeah, I, stuff know, I don't know anyone needs to see that anyway. Yeah, but but, I, uh, but Tony Scott, man, he I mean, he my favorite Tony Scott movie is probably Crimson Tide. Okay, no, going back to his death, I'm trying to find it in here. He was fighting yeah. a, a battle with cancer for a very long time. And, uh, oh, okay, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, he decided to, to I guess, end it himself, unfortunately. May he rest in right. peace. But yeah, you going back, Jay, you were absolutely right. This man is just true romance. Uh, Scott, the, oh, the, Tony Scott. Oh, my God. Crimson Tide, Days of Top Thunder. Top Gone, yeah, Days of Thunder, man. I love Days of Thunder. That's Me my favorite too. Tom Cruise movie. Me too. Days of Thunder, man, was, uh, I mean, I've seen it at the IMAX when they re-release it. It's intense. Oh, dude, Days of Thunder is great. I mean, it's a, it's a cheesy, fun, entertaining movie. I mean, it's classic Ridley Scott. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tony I mean, Scott. I mean, Tony Scott. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cup too. Yeah, it runs in this family. Of course, he got some movies that are not The Last Boy Scout. That movie should have been better. Yeah, that's probably not his fault. Who knows? Cause I like Last Boy Scout, but yeah, no. yeah. What you don't like Last Boy Scout? It's not something that stayed with me. It's like that movie. I went to see that movie this weekend. Uh, X. Uh huh. Not a bad movie. Not a bad movie to go and watch it and have some popcorn and like I wrote a little thing about it and have that uh, whatever that fountain thing is, Jay. If I ever become a millionaire, I'm gonna have one in my house. Oh, yeah, that good, you know, huh? You, no, but you know that fountain that they have in the movie theater that has like 500 different sodas inside? Oh, yeah. Pretty sure it's bad for you as it is, but man, they have like vanilla Coke, Coke vanilla zero, 
orange vanilla zero, 20,000 different ginger ales, Powerade. I mean, everything is inside this thing. Tea, diff- I mean, it's like crazy how we have evolved from the old five flavors and go to, to, to watch the movie and that's it. Now they got recliners and everything. But I went and watched that X and that's basically it. It's something that you can go to the movies if there's nothing else to watch and enjoy yourself. I saw the new Jackass movie. Yeah, but you haven't seen the Batman. Folks, this is the only no, podcast that they didn't look into the movie theater. I've been out of town and stuff. Oh, so you didn't watch it in the movie theaters? Yeah. Um, um, that is, I've got to go see it in the movie theater. I can't. I, I know it's supposed to be on HBO Max in like yeah. a few weeks. but So you watch uh, Jackass in a new in a special streaming uh, service? Yeah, okay. I did. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, it's... Uh, I liked it, man. I mean, some of that stuff you can't. I can't watch because it's just too painful. But no, I wish. I wish I would have gone and seen that instead of X. X is not a bad movie. It just doesn't stay with you, and it's not a. It's a good looking horror movie from 70, 1979 influence and slasher that you know a lot of talk about sex and it has to do a lot with sex. Yeah, I'll pass. Uh-huh. I'll pass on it, but. Definitely, just you know, something that if it's out there, people would want to watch. But did you could, go see X or Basic Instinct? <laughs> man, I went to watch a movie that had this this group of of guys and girls that were the only thing that they were missing was the a big dog, and they could have gone and solved crime in a minivan, um, yeah. in a band regular. And uh, they they went to this woods in Texas where there's an old couple living next to them. And the lady is almost 80 some years old and she has uh, uh, some sexual desires that her husband cannot fulfill. And they get involved with these poor bastards that are basically trying to film a porno next door and having their own conflict next door. And it, it becomes a story of survival, basically, from that day on until the next day. So definitely not a movie for the kiddies. Oh hell no! Yeah, absolutely not. That's got to be R. I don't know how they let a, a child go in there, man. No, there's no <laughs> way, no way, no way. But you know, this this it is what it is. But definitely, I would have, I would have definitely rather go and seen Jack the new Jackass movie because I'm pretty sure I would enjoy it a bit more and it would have probably stayed with me if you laughed, but. Going back to uh to this, Jay, what I was telling you, I watch it once once every few years, and the cat still gets me and the robot. The robot, yes. Oh, uh, what's his Ash? Because yeah, because I'm I'm never expecting him to be a robot until that thing happens. It's always, I always forget, man. I don't know what it is. I always forget. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. He he. Turned to evil all of a sudden. I remember the first time seeing it, and I saw all this white shit coming out of his mouth. I was like, is he throwing up milk? I mean, <laughs> what's going on here? And it turns out he's an android, and he had some bad bad wiring. <laughs> Real bad wiring. Bet yeah. you that alien wanted nothing to do with him. And But he did admit to Ripley when she, she was able to kind of like hook him back up, and that, you know, the company wanted the alien to come back so they could study it. <laughs> Which is normally the first mistake in something like this, you know? Yeah, because they had to burn that thing on the spot if they wanted to survive the thing. That was their biggest mistake. Had they had they gone and, and burned that thing, they would have saved themselves a lot of trouble. Now, do we have an understanding that the ship that had a distress call 
that was when they were they were carrying all these things somewhere, all these eggs to unleash him somewhere. I imagine. Do you think the professor who yeah. created them all? I think so. Michael, I think, you're, I think you're spot on with that. Assessment. Yeah, Michael Fast Fast Fastbender. Yeah, Fastbender. He was the one who uh, created the uh, the whole race of aliens with human beings. I think it was. He mixed them up all. Uh, yeah. And it backfired. Oh man, now you're getting to the Prometheus movies. I don't know how I feel about those. <laughs> They're not. I mean, that was that was two thousand and two thousand and twelve. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't very. Uh, I don't know. They they, I watched them and I was I was excited for them. But you know, I think they should have just kept on going with them. Maybe something would have come out, but they kept on going. And I think the one that follow up Prometheus wasn't very good. Prometheus had a scene with an alien C section, and that's where it lost me. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other one had an alien hitting on somebody, and. They were in a place trying to get out, and they wouldn't. They wouldn't let them. I mean, it was just. It got way too weird. It didn't. It didn't do nothing for me. The, the follow up to Prometheus. I'm trying to find. Right. Well, out. I mean, as far as the alien movies go, I mean, the first two are just five star. You know, hands down classic. But you know, Alien Three and Alien Resurrection depends on who you talk to. <laughs> yeah, the hardcore so, fans are gonna like it no matter what. Right. Well, look, I saw. I remember seeing Alien Three and Alien Resurrection in the movie theater. Me too. Uh, a matter of fact, I remember going to see Batman Returns in the summer of '92, and this was back when you know studios would do movie teasers a year before the movie actually came out. So I remember going to see Batman Returns and seeing a teaser for um, Alien Three, and I was like super excited. Super excited. And then I saw the movie the opening weekend. I was like, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alien 3, right? Yeah, Alien 3. However, I will say that the director's cut of Alien 3 is far better than the theatrical cut. Than to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, 2, you got James Cameron came in as a director. It had many delays because of the, uh, they had some, some problems with management over there. And they had... They had changed some scripts for Terminator and First Blood Part Two, and they just finally hired the right director for Part Two, which was what basically what made it that good. This man's vision. Oh again. man, you know the story goes that you know the original creators of Alien, the producers searched for a long time to do a sequel, and nothing came about. And then, like you were talking about, James Cameron did Terminator. Well. Um, the filming of Terminator was delayed because Schwarzenegger was filming Conan the Destroyer, which I'm pretty sure he wishes he hadn't done that movie. But hey, um, I own that movie and I like it on Blu-ray. I don't like the Destroyer. I like the Barbarian. I like them both. The Destroyer is the one where he got the. Uh, that one was a little bit of a. It's too kid friendly. Yeah, but that's the one where they go and and, and save the little whiny princess. Yeah, yeah, and she's whiny. That's one way of putting it. Yeah, she, she had a, she had a great torso, but she still looks so young and small that it made me feel uncomfortable. Now that I watch it with Arnold Schwarzenegger, basically about to hook up with her, or Conan, right. the, or Conan the Barbarian. But right, yes. uh, Conan can get any woman he wants. Man, all yeah. he does is eat, drink, and slay. That's it. <laughs> yeah, he's that. He's nasty. 
he's a dirty effer, man. <laughs> yes, he is. Not in the Destroyer though, because they made a PG. <laughs> they made a PJ Conan movie. <laughs> and the common bugs, he's so nasty. Eat, drink, and slay. It's eat, drink, and wave. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've seen him in the common bugs just destroyed a beer mug and then hit somebody in the head with a mug and just like one of those special mugs that they serve you in those uh, barbarian bars and shit and just break somebody's skull in half. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. I still call it. Anyways, so, what I was getting at was that Cameron was waiting on Schwarzenegger to film Conan. Mm-hmm. And so he got hired for two writing projects. Uh, one was Aliens and the other one was Rambo First Blood Part 2. Um... Now, the version of Rambo that we got that everybody knows, um, you know, is way different from what Cameron wrote. Uh, I think I read Cameron's script a long time ago online, and I remember it being much, much darker. But uh, he also wrote Aliens, and after Terminator was a hit, 20th Century Fox was like, all right, let's do this. And they couldn't have found a better person. I'll tell you that. You're correct with that statement. Yeah, and in this one, we go back to the plot was real good. They, uh, her employers were briefing her, and they don't believe that. Uh, they don't believe what happened. They don't believe that the the the, the Nostromo was destroyed because they had a giant creature that was way deadly inside. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, watching Aliens last night, I remember one of the guys in the meeting about her briefing or whatever. They were like, we found no physical evidence. She goes, yeah, because I blew it out of the goddamn airlock. (laughs) (laughs) And the iconic uh, vessel on this one is the android, Bishop. Yeah, Lance Hendrickson. Yep. (laughs) He's iconic, too. He's iconic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lance Hendrickson's been in a ton of stuff, too, so. Yeah, Pumpkinhead. They're they're saying that Pumpkinhead, the new one's coming, is going to be, there's a chance now that Amazon owns a, all of that, that we're going to get a, a new pumpkin hit because they've been trying to reboot it. All right. Hey, I saw today, and I saw it up on our Facebook page, too, that uh, they're getting ready to greenlight a Voltron action, like live action movie. That's what they're saying, and I hope they, they can do it good. Because, uh, look, I, real quick, I picture Voltron like being like a, like a kind of a dirty, gritty, space war movie kind of like a star wars rogue one yeah um or something kind of like saving private ryan but in space and i'm hoping they do something like that with it yeah like something like uh well what was the name about the the ones that came out that uh the actor that played uh he played a uh, ron perlman was in it um he's an alien resurrection yeah, he is, and he Pacific. Uh, what's the one with Pacific the Pacific Rim? Yeah, it wasn't that the one with the giant uh, monster. Yeah, the, the uh, giant robots called the Jaegers. Yeah, the Jaegers. You th- maybe they'll make it like that. You think, or some uh, some uh, what's the name of those uh, Power Rangers? Yeah, uh, maybe uh, Space Explorers. Space Explorers, because if you make a good uh, Baltrum movie, like you're saying, that's basically what it would be about. Like, everybody knows Baltrum, but they're going to be scared that the new generation knows nothing about Baltrum. And they're going to be like, let's make it all kitty friendly for the summer popcorn and blah, 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 blah. They better not. 
But if they they if they make some lion shit from Japan from back in the day from before the 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 Voltron got watered down a little bit in this country and it was still good enough for for this side of the world in general, the ones right. that were you know they call them the Lions Force or something like that in in Japan when they had those uh I I've seen them the ones from over there and they're a little bit more rousy like you said and wow that would be a hell of a movie buddy. I agree. I, I mean, we'll see. What the, I mean, the director of it. Um, I don't have a whole lot of hope. The director of it, I forget his name, but I know the director of it directed the Dwayne Johnson stinker action movie Skyscraper. So. Oh yeah, that was made for. Uh, yeah, that was made for our friends over there, the ones that ate the bat. Um, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> that was made. That was made for. Uh, from an American studio or nothing, that was basically some, some yeah, it was a stinker. Oh, it was terrible. The whole movie's based on one shot of Dwayne Johnson hanging off a ledge. And that's it. Like, that's it. That's it. That was it. I, I don't care. Because no one in their right mind is going to sprint across a train, uh, excuse me, a crane, you know, thousands of feet above the ground to jump into a fiery building, especially not jump as far as he did. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, John Cena, John Cena on that Peacemaker is some serious, some serious stuff, man. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm, he, I need to. He found himself with that Peacemaker. I'm, I'm going to tell you what. You know what? And I'm happy for him, man, because, yeah. you know, when John Cena's first movie was The Marine, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got to see that on base on Camp Lejeune with a bunch of Marines, of course. That's when I was stationed there. And everybody was hyped up about it. Oh man, movie about the it's called the Marine with John Cena. And then he's actually in the Marine Corps for like two minutes in the movie. He gets <laughs> yes. discharged. <laughs> and so now they say once a Marine, always Marine, but this dude was discharged, meaning he got his papers. Uh so I don't know. A lot of people were like, I don't know. <laughs> and the movie, I like the movie now because it's stupid, funny, good. You know what I mean? It's cheesy yeah. entertainment. Lots of big explosions and one-liners and that kind of thing. So I'm very happy to see John Cena to go from that to where he's at now. Yeah, I'm 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 telling you this uh he found himself with that. He found yeah. himself. John Cena's cool in my book. Yeah, he with that one he found himself just like uh, Patterson found himself with a Batman, the movie that we cannot make a review on. One of the <laughs> our co-host has not seen it yet. I blame the dog. But one day, <laughs> one day on Tales from the Abyss, we will do a Batman. Yes, absolutely. Bat- we got the, to. The we Batman. To. It's going to be like like this one. It's 79. How old is this movie? <laughs> By uh, the time we review keep talking, the keep talking shit, man. By the time talking. we review the Batman, I'll be so old I won't even know what the hell happened. Who was it? Hey, you're older than me, so I'm, I'm no, good. Not by not by much, not by much. Well, y'all be dead. You'll be doing it in here. You'll be like, well, my other co-host is no longer around. He died. And I, <laughs> he, was, he was waiting on me to go watch the he Batman. Was, he was waiting on me to watch the Batman. He finally dropped dead. But yeah. I still, I'm still a good person, and I got you a. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to get it because I got to get a special thing to send it to you. I still got a. Uh, I got an IMAX poster for you. 
Oh, well, I certainly appreciate it. I got a man cave it can go in. I know, because it's from that uh, that 1970s art that they uh, that they made this out of. And, buddy, that thing is, is, is legit. I asked for two. I said, can I get another one? And she said, yeah. I said, yeah, because I got to get oh, one. Oh, man, I certainly, certainly. I said, I got to get one for the co-host because he doesn't want to come and watch it, but I'm going to get him one. <laughs> the lady said, I'll give you one. She had a box, man. I guess nobody, nobody uptown Charlotte was asking for it. Uh, well, I'm like, glad the, you got them, man. Yeah, I bet I said, it looks amazing. I said that's the only reason why I came because I wanted that. I wanted that poster. But nevertheless, to put an end to this uh, to this uh, small review of one of the greatest sci-fi movies in the history of sci-fi movies, with the uh, chess poster, the face hogger, all the things that we have seen that have drive us crazy about this movie. And I'm just like Jay, all the way to uh, part one and part two. The first Alien is just a classic, top ten of all the movies well, that were made. Any kind of space creature horror, whatever film, uh, anything that takes place in space, it's got to do with horror. I mean, they they need to all thank Ridley Scott for making mm. Alien because that's the template, and yeah. that's what a lot of movies. Uh, went by as far as space and thrills and you know stuff yeah. like that so because uh, yeah I mean it, it, I said earlier to this day the movie still looks great it holds up 110% all these years later 40 what 40 almost 42 years 42 yeah 42 years yeah. that thing has been yeah I like, mean good lord man uh, if you can make a movie that holds up for 42 years shit I mean, this thing is, uh, it, I mean, it's just one of those things that new generations, as they watch it, they're like, this is great. How can, this is not, because you don't, they don't talk a lot about this movie as one of the greatest movies ever made. No, but it's still very relevant because they also still have comic books and novels and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, but, you know, the, the like, I agree with you, one and two, excellent, They the Alien and Aliens, excellent. From there on out, they were... They were not uh, as good. I still watch them, but... Look, uh, take it from me. If you can get it and watch it, watch the director's cut of both Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. They're they're better than the theatrical versions. And that's the bottom line. That's right, man, because Jay Letterman said so. <laughs> I watched his kid. I, watched, I was watching his kid today. I don't have cable, so I don't keep track of none of that. Most of the time I got to work anyway, so I don't even worry about none of that. But apparently the Stone Cold is going to be doing something at WrestleMania with this wrestler named Kevin Owens. Yeah. And yeah. Kevin Owens apparently came out pretending to be Stone Cold with just special plastics and covering his hair and just making it look like he was Stone Cold and flopping beers at the end and making fun of the uh, glass shattering and Stone Cold not coming out. And it was just so cool. If anybody r likes wrestling and listens to the show, you definitely want to go to YouTube and watch that clip. Well, I mean, WWE is trying to, uh, you know, turn up the volume a little bit oh, because WrestleMania is coming up next week. Yeah, so they do that every year, and uh, yeah, it's good. And WrestleMania, yeah, WrestleMania is next week. It's in Texas too. I wish I was going to Texas. I wish I was putting on my Western boots and my big bell buckle, my big ego bell buckle, and some flannel shirt, and I'd be going to Texas to eat at Papa's barbecue and have some bourbon okay. and enjoy myself. But I'm not going. I'm not since, going since, since it's in Dallas, I'd dress up like J.R. Ewing, man. Come in there like a cocky son of a oh, bitch. Oh, 
No, but J.R. Ewing was a real Texan. I'm not a Texan, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would. I would feel disrespectful. I wouldn't do it. But boy, J.R. Ewing. Uh, oh man, what an icon! Ah, uh, he is, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> he pushed yeah, Sue he, Ellen back he, in the '80s. Back, back in the '80s, J.R. Ewing and the Von Erichs ran. Yeah. Dallas. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Larry Hagman is a boy. Larry Hagman, man, he must have really had a good time back in his day. Well, I think oh, to, the, to the I point where... I think at one time he was the highest paid, paid uh, TV actor. I believe it, because, I mean, he was television back then. In the United States of America, in those early 80s, Larry Hagman was te was television, was must-see television, and Dallas was, uh, was a force to be reckoned with. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, go back and... You know, I've gone and watched some old Dallas stuff before. And I, and uh, I know you've actually done an older episode on Dallas. Yeah, I did, a, I did. I did. I did. I did. I think two, two, two big, big episodes. I think there were more than an hour on the whole, the whole show, all the seasons. Well, I've been, I've been going back and watching. Well, not really going back. I, I used to watch the show Twenty Four and. You know, I watched the first three seasons and, and liked them, but, you know, I felt it was getting repetitive, so I kind of got out of it. So I picked up season four today, and I must say, Jack Bauer is a badass. It's a, a badass. It's a badass. And to yeah, any, like, he is Johnny Lawrence-level badass. Yeah, and to, to, to all of our friends out there who have uh, randomly speaking about everything on television, all of our friends out there and listeners and people that follow us, that have uh, Tubi, the app, not only do they have the old 1960s uh, Batman, which I know they're cheesy and stuff, but they're so good. And they also I have the entire B Visitors series. The, the miniseries? A miniseries. They got like 28 episodes. They have even episodes that didn't make it a... a that we haven't been able to find for years, like on box sets and stuff. Wow. Yeah, Tubi is nothing to play with, Tubi. man. Tubi's nothing to play with. I wish they had a better uh, quality of uh, their, 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 their screen, but some shows don't look as good as they used to. But hey, I was watching the old Honeymooners today and some of that Visitors. Yeah. I watched... Um I watched something on TV not long ago. I only watched one episode. Oh, it was the Gene Simmons show. I don't know why I had it on. Uh, yeah, I remember that show. Gene Simmons. Yeah. Um, Family Jewels. Yeah, yeah. Family Jewels. I remember that. Yeah. So, yeah. Jay, let's, let's to shut it down. And we more likely will probably come back in the future and revisit Aliens in a different way. I'm glad that we got to talk today about who played the character. Because as hardly ever they, he gets the credit that he deserves. Right. But uh, this well, is... Well, look, I mean, Alien, if you haven't seen it, then you're not a movie buff. Um, I will. It's something that, like you said, probably does not get enough credit for how great it really is. It, You know, a lot of people say Star Wars was the one that brought sci-fi back into the conscience, you know? Yeah. Sci-fi was dead in the 60s and early 70s. In the early uh, 70s, in the 60s, it was still, it was on a way out. 
Right. I mean, it was not near as popular as the 50s. And you know, the no. day the earth, the earth stood still and no, invasion no, no, of body snatchers. No, people started looking at it like, oh, it's just to pull our leg. And they weren't that excited right. by it. Uh, you know, the Forbidden Planet. That, yeah, those yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. But uh, by the time Star Wars came out in 77, sci-fi was dead. Now, I know, like I was saying, a lot of people like to think Star Wars got sci-fi back being popular again. Mm-hmm. But Alien, which came out two years later in 79, really solidified that sci-fi was here to stay and that sci-fi and horror can mix. That's right. And another another actor that I forgot mentioning was uh, the great late Bill Paxson. Who happens to be in this oh, franchise? And love that guy. Game over, man. Yeah. Game over. <laughs> May he rest in peace. It's a shame that he passed away that early in his in his life and still having so much to offer, but such an underrated well, you know, icon. Speaking of Bill Paxton, I was looking for him the other day. We had a bunch of bad weather come in, and I was looking for him to be pulling up in his truck with a weather experiment. Oh man, I mean this this uh. Bill Paxson in that movie, uh, he has one of the most underrated vampire movies in the history of uh, of uh, of vampire movies. Near Dark. Near Dark. Yeah. yeah that, that's a Catherine Bigelow movie. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, man that that, that movie was. Uh... If you don't know who Catherine Bigelow is, she directed the original Point Break, and she's probably best known for the Hurt Locker. That, that's the movie that basically, I mean, she was already famous, but that's the one that everybody rave about with her. Yeah. Well, she also did Zero Dark Thirty about the hunt for Bin Laden. Uh-huh. She sure the hell did. I mean, that lady's got some guts. She's a patriot. Uh, oh, you big time. Her locker is actually one of the more realistic military movies that's what I've I, seen. That's what I heard. Um, that's what I heard. That is uh, some people that are in the military that haven't been exposed to that kind of life. They say that movie's hard to watch. It is hard to watch. I've only seen it one time. Yeah, uh, that's what I heard. I liked it though. But no, and a big, anyway, big shout out, ahead. a big shout out also to all of our heroes out there who may be listening, who I hope are listening, who I hope I, I have an opportunity to entertain them in my own sarcastic and and poor minded way. But uh, we owe you our freedom, and and if you're listening to us, uh, we want to send a big shout out to all of our heroes. Sometimes so. We used to bring them them up all the time from police officers, from first responder, from our military young men and women that are around the world. We'd like to say thank you, and this show is always dedicated to you. Absolutely, and and to the ones that aren't here anymore, you know. We remember you. Absolutely, man. May everybody raise a glass tonight because, um, unfortunately, veterans are uh, getting slim. It seems like something happens on a daily basis, so... Uh, raise your glass to them, and and uh, like you said, it, what we do is it's fun and in- entertainment. But uh, you know, deep down, we're we're U.S. of A. and we love our troops. That's right, that's right. And it's a very uh, it's a very dark world out there. You know, freedom ain't free, and you know, sometimes you do have to walk around with blood in your hands to be free. It's an unfortunate, yeah. it's an unfortunate reality. Yeah. Hey, freedom ain't free and people are crazy. That's it. <laughs> Ooh, buddy, it's a sick world out there. So, folks. But, but yep. real quick, to quote the great wrestler, Hillbilly Jim, <laughs> I ain't here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep the good times rolling next week. So, folks, for the great Jay Lenderman, I am Pablo Rojo. 
letting each and every one of you know that somewhere between high gas prices and even higher gas prices, you better walk, America, but please find a way to listen to us. Thank you very much and stay safe out there.